start the message. Now we're talking about the covenant. We're talking about the blood covenant. Remember there were ten steps to a covenant. Just in review very quickly, you take off your coat and robe and you exchange them with your covenant partner. Remember that? Then there was an exchange of weaponry belts. Then there was the actual cutting of the covenant where the animals cut down the middle, you know, and the covenant partners would walk a figure eight, you know, through those uh, animal pieces, and then there was act, uh, a cutting of the, of the body. Usually it was the palms of the right hands to bring them together and, and shake, making a scar, so on and so forth. There was an exchange of names. There was a giving of covenant terms. There was the eating of a memorial meal, you know, and, and there was a sign of the covenant. We've talked about all these things. I'm just going real fast review here. And from once that covenant was cut, the uh, partners would be... Uh, known as friends, as friends, as friends. We've, we've taught you all that, you know. And we said much about the, the shedding of blood. The, the word covenant means to cut until there's a shedding of blood and so on and so forth. Then last week we went through the ten steps of the Abrahamic covenant, how God cut covenant with Abram. And we went through and we looked at all these things, the exchange of the, of the robes and the weaponry and we saw how the covenant was actually cut, and we noticed that when uh, Abram, uh, when when, he, when the covenant was cut between him and and God, you know, because Abraham said, "How shall I know?" Putting in my own words now, "How shall I know that you mean business, Lord?" And God started talking to him about a covenant. You see, serious business, and uh, of course there were uh, those animals that 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 that. that Abram had there, you know, and we talked to you last week about how, how some of them represented, represented the uh, deity of Christ, some of them represented the humanity of Christ. We went through all that, you know, talked to you about that, that last week. And then when it came time, you know, to cut the covenant, the animals were split in two, but then uh, the vultures came down, you know, and, and, and Abraham tried to shoo them away. That was showing human effort, you know. And so God put him to sleep. And then the Bible said that uh, there was, a, there was a, that oven, that, that burning oven and that blazing torch walked that, that figure eight. The, the oven was a type, was not a type, was actually God the Father. And the torch was God the Son, Jesus, walking that figure eight. And the Abrahamic covenant is eternal. It's between God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. Yes, it is the Abrahamic covenant. And, and God did cut covenant with Abraham, all right. But it's, it, it went much deeper than Abram. We brought that out to you. It's between God and his son. And, and uh, um, we've said much to you about that, you know. But, but God put Abram to sleep. You remember that? He put him to sleep. And then, and then that burning, that oven, that smoking oven, that burning torch, that was the father and the son. They walked that figure eight, you know. And we went through all that with you last week. And of course, the, 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 uh, that torch who was, a, who was Jesus, he walked that figure eight on behalf, of, uh, on behalf of Abraham. Remember that? Because he's the substitute for Abraham, and not only for Abraham, but for all mankind. We, we went through all of that. We talked to you how they swore an allegiance to one another and, 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 and all of that. And the, 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 the scar, which was a circumcision. And uh, that was a sign and, and so forth of the, of the covenant. And, and, and we went all through this with you last week. Then there was an exchange of names. Remember how Abram, his name went from Abram to Abraham. And Sarai went to Sarah. And then God, you see, he took on Abraham's name. Do you ever notice God's known as the God of Abraham? 
You notice that? See, God took on Abraham's name in that. It was added to his name. Now God's not known as God anymore. He's known as the God of Abraham, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you see. So on and so forth. And then the covenant terms were given. And uh, don't ever forget, I think the main part of that, that Abrahamic covenant, that God will bless those that bless Abraham and God will curse those that curse him. Don't ever forget that. And that doesn't just go for the natural Jews. I'm telling you what, to get saved, you've got to be more than a natural Jew. You've got to be a spiritual Jew. The Jews and the Gentiles all get saved the same way by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. And we've been, we, this is just all quick review, you know, and so on and so forth. Then there's a memorial meal, which, they, you know, Melchizedek, who was, I think, Jesus Christ, showed up. You know, some say that it wasn't Jesus. I, you can argue it either way, but Melchizedek showed, showed up and, sh- and served the bread and the wine, you know, to Abram and so forth and so on. And then uh, they, and what, one of the most fascinating things about last week, if you weren't here, you ought to go to the Internet and get, get the sermon for free. And listen to it, but they that went planning that memorial. Remember, we went through and showed how how Isaac. Remember how Isaac, uh, as, as as Abram took Isaac. Remember to offer him on that altar, and it was fast, just fascinating. What 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 typology there is between Isaac and the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Isaac said, "Where is the lamb?" Remember, "Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb?" And, and God gave me that prophecy. We shared it right there at the end of the service last week. Where is the Lamb? Where is the, who is the Lamb of God? It's Jesus, you know. And we went through all of that and so forth and so on. And then uh, we saw that in that same mountain, uh, actually probably on the exact same place that Isaac was, was, was there, you know, and almost offered. Thank God there was a ram in the thicket, you know. Because you see, Isaac's blood couldn't wash away sins. God always used the animal, you know, until he could get Jesus into the earth and shed that holy, spotless, sinless blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, Isaac was, uh, was offered there, you know, and the ram in the thicket and all that. But remember, God's name there was God, uh, Jehovah Jireh. Remember that? God will see ahead and make their provision. And we went through all that. Now let's pick up with the new material in Genesis 22, verse 15. Whew, I got you caught up, you see. So, I know I'm talking fast, but it's just review. All right, Genesis 22, verse 15. Notice the angel of the Lord, who is the second member of the Trinity here in this case. This is not a regular angel. As you study into it, this is the second member of the Trinity. How many of you know the second member of the Trinity is not an angel? He created the angels, you know. But, but in the, the way the King James, New King James, and other versions uh, title it there, they put a capital A. It's talking about the second member of the Trinity. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven. See, the first time he stayed him. He stopped because he was going to plunge that knife, remember, into his son Isaac. But then the angel, the second member of the Trinity, called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, My, uh, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing. What thing? He was going to sacrifice his son. You know, we talk about believing God. You know, Abram really believed God, didn't he? And, and it showed forth in his works, in his actions. The book of James talks about it, that Abraham had faith. But what, what kind of faith did he have? He had faith that produced action, you see. I said he had faith that produced action. Wouldn't you say that's pretty serious faith when you're willing to take a knife and plunge it into your son? Huh? I mean, Abraham, he, he believed God. He, he was for real. And he had corresponding action. Real Bible faith will always have corresponding action with it, you see. 
And he says here in verse 16, he says, he, God says, by myself I have sworn. Remember, God could swear by no hire, so he swore by himself. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. See, and you need to realize here, apparently some legality things were going on here because Abram was willing to sacrifice his son as God's covenant partner. Now God, some 2,000 years down the road, is going to be able to actually sacrifice his son on Calvary's cross in probably the exact same place where Isaac was offered, you know. That's powerful, don't you think? And uh, he said, because you've not withheld your son, your only son. He said, verse 17, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And as the sand which is of the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies in your seed. Now notice there, in your seed. That's talking, people think that's talking about Isaac. But when you get right down to it and study it out, he's talking about who would come through the natural a descendancy of Abraham through, as according to the flesh. You understand Jesus is 100% God. You understand that. But he's also 100% man. And he came through the flesh after Abraham. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's, that's talking about Jesus there. Because why? Because you've obeyed my voice. You know it pays to obey God. I said it pays to obey God. Now, you know what? You obey God, it may not. You obey God on Monday, it may not pay off on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But I tell you what, you know, it'll eventually pay off, you see. I said it'll pay off. And what I mean by that, you obey God on Monday, you may not see the results of that obedience on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You may not see the results of that obedience for even years. But you obey God, it pays to obey God, and He'll eventually bless your obedience. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said, he'll eventually bless your obedience. Now, I'm going to preach whether you help me or not. Glory to God. You obey God, he'll eventually bless your obedience. Praise God. Amen. Well, well, I did what he told me to do, and I don't see the results of it. Well, just hang in there. Hang in there. Bless God. You obey God, eventually it'll pay off. And then in James 2.23, notice the result of all of this. Jane, I'm stirred up this morning. The anointing of, anointing of God is here. Praise God. And the scripture, James 2.23, was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called what? The what? The friend of God. That is covenant talk. When you see that in the scripture, that's covenant talk. That means, that doesn't mean they just, you know, well, we were just friends, just buddy, buddy, you know. That means they're covenant partners. It was serious. It was like that handshake. You know, like I've showed you, it's one thing to shake somebody's hand just like this, but it's a whole other thing when you cut covenant, when they did in the old covenant, and you see the covenants, you know, when if I were to take a knife and cut my, uh, and, and take a knife and she cuts hers, and now blood's flowing, and we slap those babies together, that's serious business, isn't it? I said, that's serious business, isn't it? I said, that's serious business, isn't it? And you see Abraham, uh, he cut, God cut covenant with him, and now they're known as friends. Do you, you remember when, when, when David... When David was going to fight Goliath, do you remember he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How many remembers that? It says covenant talk. See, David knew that Goliath, well, he was an un... See, one of the, the, sign, the sign, the seal of that Abrahamic covenant was, was, was circumcision, you see. 
And, 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 and Goliath, he was, he was outside the covenant. And David, that when he said, that, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It was covenant talk. David knew he didn't have a covenant with God. And David, when David said that, you knew David's going to win because he had a covenant with God, you see. So covenant talk, when, we're, uh, when, when it says that, he's a, that Abraham was known as a friend of God, it means they're covenant partners. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in covenant with God. I want to be in covenant with God. And, and you know, it says Abraham believed God. Well, did you ever think about what he believed? He believed in a supernatural birth, didn't he? Because he couldn't have children. Is that right? With, with his wife. He believed in a supernatural birth. Well, we have to believe in the supernatural birth of the Lord Jesus. He was born of a virgin. Is that right? And then he had to believe in the offering of his only begotten son. We showed you that last week. Didn't Abraham go and offer his only begotten son? You know, the, the one that he had with his wife. And then for three days, his son was as good as dead. We had to believe Jesus was dead for three days. Is that right? We showed you that last week. And we, he believed that God would provide a substitute. Glory to God. We have to believe that too. Jesus is our substitute. And he had to believe, Abraham had to believe that God would raise his son from the dead. Well, we need to believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Is that right? And he had to believe that Jesus, because in the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen, Jehovah Jireh, we covered that, Jesus would be seen at some future time on the mountain and would die as a substitute and he'd be raised from the dead. You see, just like Abraham believed about Isaac, he believed the same thing about the Lord will provide. Provide who? Provide what? Provide a substitute, not the ram in the thicket, but the Lord Jesus Christ some 2,000 years later on, on Calvary's cross. He had to believe all these things. See, people want to know, how did they get saved in the Old Testament? How did they, by believing the gospel, the same thing you and I believe here in the New Testament. Notice, if you would, Galatians 3, verse 6. Galatians 3, verse 6. Galatians 3, verse 6. Notice this, Galatians 3, verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. See, just because you're a natural Jew doesn't mean that you're, you're considered a son of Abraham. You have to be born again. You have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. Those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Thank God for that. That Gentiles are everybody beside the Jews. That's you and me. You know, if you're not a natural born Jew, you're a Gentile. And that he justified the Gentiles by faith. Preached the gospel. To, he preached what? And what did he preach? What did he preach? He preached what? Well, he preached the gospel to Abraham. See, they got saved the same way in the Old Covenant. We get saved over here in the New. It's by faith in Jesus, you know. Um, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you, speaking of Jesus, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith, how many people are of faith in here? How many people are, if you're of faith, if you can't raise your hand on that, you need, you need to get saved because you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I'm of faith. I have faith in Jesus. Those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Praise God forevermore. Now we finish Abraham. Let's go to Jeremiah 31. Go to Jeremiah 31, the new covenant. Boy, there's a different kind of anointing on me here. Glory to God. I like this. Praise God. A little preach teaching. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Praise God. 
Amen forevermore. Glory. Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Now we're going to talk about the new covenant. Thank God for the old covenant. Now you need to realize this. I'm going to give you a little bit of review here. Are you ready for a little review? The Abrahamic covenant is not, is not the old covenant. A lot of times people think the Abrahamic covenant is the old covenant. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. The Abrahamic covenant is an eternal covenant. It was given to Abraham for all eternity. When we think of the old covenant, we're really thinking about the Mosaic law, the covenant that God had with his people through Moses. Moses is the mediator. How many, how many have ever heard of the law, you see? And Moses, you see, he had that... Uh, he, he went up there on Mount Sinai, you know, and he brought down those Ten Commandments, and God had a covenant with his people there, you know. And did you know the law wasn't ever to the Gentiles? It was only, only to the Jews. You knew that, didn't you? And, 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 and the law was given to the Jews to point them to Jesus, you see. The law can never make anyone uh, perfect, you know. All the law did, it was added because of transgressions, because of sins, and it was given to point God's people to Jesus, and then they were supposed to go out to the nations and present Jesus uh, to everybody. Can you say amen? amen? See, back there in the Old Covenant, they didn't know Him as Jesus. It was, it was the Messiah who would come. But we, over here after the cross, see, we know Him as Jesus, you see. Can you say amen? amen. But, but, but the Old Covenant, see, the Abrahamic Covenant's eternal. And, 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 and what Jesus actually did is He came and He ratified with His precious blood. Ratify means to make something official, totally official. He came and he ratified the Abrahamic covenant, which is an eternal covenant. He came and ratified that. But you see, when we talk about the old covenant, we're actually talking about the law of Moses. So you need to remember that as we go on here. But Jeremiah 31, 31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a what? I'll make a what? I'll make a what? Can you, can you help me out? Come on, guys, help me out now. Make a what? I'll make a what? I'll make a new covenant with... Now, you're going to either have to help me or I'm going to just go off in this anointing and just leave you in the dust. Now, come on. He's going to make a what now? Make a what? Make a what? Going to make a what? Come on. He's going to make a what? Going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according... Now, watch this. The days are coming. This is Jeremiah talking back there. And he says, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. You see, remember God took them out. The people of God were in bondage over in Egypt. He came and he got them. He brought them out of there. Remember that? And, and who let them out? Moses let them out. Is that right? And he gave them the law. He gave them that Mosaic covenant, you know. But he said there's going to come a day essentially when that's going to pass away. Not going to be in effect anymore. And he's going to make a new covenant. I'm so glad we live in the new covenant. Can you say Amen. amen. Praise God forevermore. And you see, I'm going to just read from my notes now. God made an eternal blood covenant with Abraham, which we covered last week and I reviewed with it today. The Mosaic covenant or the law was added because of sin. It was to point the Jews to the Messiah who is Jesus. The Mosaic covenant or the law is what we mean by the old covenant. And I just told you, see this, my notes are so in my, my heart, they're just coming right out of my mouth here. But the Mosaic Covenant of the law is what we mean by the Old Covenant, and that's no longer apl applicable because we now have the New Covenant. Jesus is the mediator. You see, Moses was the mediator uh, of that Mosaic Covenant, but Jesus is the mediator of the New Covenant. I'd rather have Jesus than Moses. How about you? Now, I respect Moses, but I, I, Jesus outranks him. Is that right? Jesus is a mediator. He came and ultimately, ultimately ratified to make officially valid the Abrahamic Covenant, which uh, we know is the New Covenant. The New Covenant is between God and His Son, Jesus. With the, now, listen to this. The New Covenant is between God and His Son, Jesus, with the Jews being the first beneficiary... Remember, the gospel is offered to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Remember that. So the new covenant is between God and His Son, Jesus. With the Jew. Aren't you glad it's between God and Jesus? 
cannot be broken. Praise God forevermore. The new covenant is between God and His Son Jesus, with the Jews being the first beneficiary, and it's also available to the Gentiles, who is everyone else, you see. And the Jews became partakers of the new covenant through faith in Jesus Christ, and the Gentiles become partakers of the new covenant. We get grafted in also through faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? I, I tell you that, that I'd rather have that than $10 million. Glory to God. I'd rather have that than a new Lamborghini car. Praise God. I'd rather have that than a new John Deere tractor. Praise God forevermore. I'd rather have that than a new cell phone. Praise God. This is eternal stuff here, brother. Eternal stuff. This is the keeping you out of hell, putting you in heaven stuff we're talking about right here. Thank God forevermore for this new covenant. So let's talk about the new covenant and these ten steps. They'll not be in exact order, but let's go through them and see how far we get. Glory to God. First of all, Matthew 27. Let's go there. There was a cutting of the covenant. Cutting of the covenant. We're talking about the new covenant now. We're talking about the new, I don't know, you're going to call this an auctioneer anointing. I feel like an auctioneer here today. If you're visiting today, you know I normally don't go like this. There's a different kind of anointing on me. Glory to God. Praise God forever. I'm going to call it the auctioneer anointing. Praise God. I'm going so fast. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Normally I don't go this fast. There's an anointing on me right now. Praise God. It's just different. Hallelujah. I like it. I said I like it. Are you all able to follow what I'm doing? I mean, I can step out of this and go back and just teach, you know. I lie. I'm going to flow with this. What, what do you say? Praise God forevermore. Just, just today. It probably won't be on me next week. But glory to God forevermore. I'm going to call it the auctioneer anointing. <laughs> glory to God. Matthew 27, 26. We're talking about the cutting of the covenant. The cutting of the... We're talking about the new covenant. We're talking about Jesus came and he cut the covenant. He ratified the Abrahamic covenant, which is eternal. And right here in Matthew 27, 26, then they released Barabbas to them. And when they scourge Jesus, scourge him. Scourge. You know they, they beat him. You study in that scourging, it's unbelievable how badly they beat the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the cutting of the new covenant. Jesus came and, and they scourged him. They scourged him and delivered him to be crucified. Verse 35 there says, then they crucified him. And it just states that in scripture, but I tell you what, they crucified him. You ought to study into a Roman crucifixion sometime. They, they, that, first of all, that scourging post, they beat Jesus mercilessly. They tore his back open. They ripped his back to the point that, that, that it, 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 when they got done with him, he... I know there's a spiritual connotation to what I'm about to say, but naturally, they beat him so bad he was, he was unrecognizable as a man. They beat him up. They, they beat him up. They beat him up for you and for me, you see. He didn't deserve it. We did. So he came and took the place for us, you see. And then they crucified him. You ought to study into a Roman crucifixion sometime. It was, it, was, it was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. They took him out to, to Golgotha and they laid him on that cross and they, they nailed his, 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 the palms of his hands in, in, into, the, into the wood and in his feet, so on and so forth. And he hung there suspended between heaven and earth. And look at Isaiah 53.5. Look at Isaiah 53.5. Look at Isaiah 53.5. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him and by his stripes we are healed glory to God now you see that word stripes it, to us in the English it's like a plural you know by his stripes but you get in and you study that remember now listen to me remember how they would cut covenant there in the Old Testament remember that we talked about it they would take the animal and what would they do they'd split the animal right down the middle is that right and there would be two halves you know and the blood would be flowing everywhere and the covenant partners would walk that figure eight but you study into this stripes by his stripes we're healed this word stripes actually has a 
connotation of a singular stripe. They whipped him. They beat him so bad. They ripped, they ripped his back wide open. Can you, see the, can you see the symbolism there? As an animal, he's the Lamb of God being split wide open. Can you see that? How, how many of you, you can see that? And, and his precious blood flowing ever, everywhere. And, 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 and uh, uh, remember the word covenant means what? To cut until bleeding. Is that right? Did they cut Jesus till he was bleeding? Oh, they sure did. And thank God that that, that that happened because, you see, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, you see. In the Old Covenant, they cut the animals, you know, and the blood flowed, but the blood was not as good as the blood of Jesus because in the Old Covenant, the blood of animals could only cover sins year by year and so on and so forth. But if something's covered, it can be uncovered. But thank God, the blood of Jesus, glory to God, it doesn't just cover sin, it washes sin as far as east is from the west, never to be remembered again, glory to God. The church of God has been purchased the Bible says with Jesus' own blood we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins the Bible says you who are sometimes afar off from God are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ he made peace for us with God through the blood of his cross praise God forevermore and after his resurrection the Bible said he entered the holy of holies in heaven he went in in there you know and he presented his own blood praise God and he obtained eternal redemption for us can you say amen somebody my God that's exciting my, whew, glory to God. How many of you glad he did that? Praise God forevermore. And then there was an exchange. So that's a cutting, cutting Jesus on Calvary's cross. Actually, they started cutting him before he got there. They really started cutting him when they put that, that crown of thorns on his head. I mean, you know, it was all, he was just cut to blood everywhere. Some folks don't want to talk about blood in church. Some preachers won't stand in the pulpit and talk about blood. They say it's too bloody. We might offend the people. Well, I'm here today to tell you I'm one of those preachers that I preach about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You need the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're all going to hell. But thank God we've got the blood. Praise God forevermore. It's on that heavenly holy of holies up there. Praise God forevermore. And when we repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that blood goes into operation and it washes our sins away Whew, can you say amen? amen and when you as a Christian miss it you don't have to miss it but if you do miss it you can repent and the Bible says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that same blood that saved you that same blood will keep you cleansed can you say amen glory Woo, glory to God hallelujah praise God amen if you can't get excited about this, you need another dip and you need to get refilled. You get a filling up of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Glory to God. And then there was, an, so there was a cut. Jesus was cut. They ripped him open. Blood flowing everywhere. And then there was an exchange, an exchange took place. Remember there was an exchange, you know, we're talking about these ten steps. An exchange of robes, exchange of weaponry, exchange of names, blah, blah, blah. Listen to this. Let's talk about the exchange of robes. Isaiah, just, they'll have these on the screen. Write them down, look them up later, but just look at the screen and check these out later. Check me out later. But Isaiah 64, 6 says, let's talk about the the robbery we had, the spiritual robbery we had. I don't know if that's, if, if, if that's a word or not, robbery, but you get what I'm talking about. What kind of clothes do we have? The Bible says we're all like an unclean thing, and our righteousness are like what? Filthy rags. That's what we had to offer him. Remember in this covenant, there's an exchange. And that's all we had to offer him. 
filthy rags. But Isaiah 61, verse 10, Isaiah 61, verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me, he's clothed me with the garments of salvation and covered me with the robe of righteousness. Glory to God. That's one of the best exchanges you can ever make. Take your filthy rags, your own spiritual clothing, and go to Jesus and exchange with him for that garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness, glory to God, that's the best deal you or I could ever make, praise God. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, you ought to look at this, for he made him, God the Father made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Glory to God forevermore. He who knew no sin. Think about this exchange. He who knew no sin. Jesus who knew no sin was made to be sin with our sin. Our sins and iniquities were laid on Him on Calvary's cross. He the spotless Son of the living God, the Lamb of God without spot or blemish. He's hanging there on that cross and in a moment's time, I believe it was at high noon when darkness came over over the land and he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, you know? Is when all the sins of mankind were laid upon him and he became sin. Why? So that you and I can become the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through faith in his name. Can you say amen? Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. The great exchange, our filthy rags for his garment of salvation and robe of righteousness. Then there's an exchange of weaponry. We had none, no weaponry, totally defenseless against the devil. But Jesus came out of the tomb and he said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me, praise God. And then he turned and he delegated that authority to his disciples who were a representative group of you and me, praise God. So when we come to Jesus, we have no power, we have no authority, but he gives us all of his power and all of his authority and it's invested in his name, glory to God, praise God, hallelujah. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 4, says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds see we didn't have any weaponry but when we come to Jesus he gives us all of his weaponry he gives us the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness the shoes of peace the shield of faith the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of God glory to God that excites me because you see the devil's out there going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and I tell you what, if you live in this world any five seconds, you're going to need this armory to survive and make it and be protected. Glory to God. But when you come to Jesus, you see, we have no weaponry. He gives us all of his weaponry, and I'm so glad about that. Praise God. And then there's an exchange of names. Exchange of names. God Almighty took the human name, Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth and guess what when we receive him we get to take his name and it's a great honor to be called a Christian C-H-R-I-S-T see Christ Christian 
You see, there's an exchanging of names, praise God. He took the human name Jesus, and we get his name Christ. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That's, that's exciting. That's, there were many exchanges that took place. In the mental realm, in the mental realm, see, when we come to Jesus, we're all messed up mentally, but the Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. When we come to him, glory to God, we get the peace of God that surpasses all. Oh, ha, ha, understanding, glory to God forever more, praise God. In the physical realm, we come to him weak, sickly, so on and so forth. But the Bible says he bore our sickness and carried our disease. So we come to him sick and he gives us healing and, and health. Glory to God forevermore. You know, God, I'm here today to tell you, God doesn't go around making people sick. Absolutely not. The only person he ever laid sickness on was he laid it on the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, his son, and Jesus bore our sickness and carried our disease. So we come come to him sick glory to God and, and Jesus was on that cross See, he bore our, not only our sins he bore our sickness carried our disease we come to him sick praise God he took our sickness and when we come to him sick he gives us healing can you say amen glory to God amen. praise God forevermore that is exciting 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 praise God Absolutely. And you say, well, you're just up there preaching now, Pastor. Uh, where have you ever seen any healing? And I tell you what, over the last 25 years, we've seen multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people healed by the power of God right here in this church. We've seen cancers healed, glory to God. We've seen uh, 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 fibromyalgia healed. We've seen all sorts of things healed, praise God. We've had ears pop open, praise God. For, we've seen all sorts of things. Glory to God forevermore. One day, one guy was in here, and he broke his heel. You know, he was on a motorcycle, he broke his heel, and the power of God hit him right in the middle of the service, praise God, and he's, his heel was broke, and he started running around this sanctuary. God healed his heel. Can you say amen? Why? Because of the great exchange. And I could tell you story after story after story. One time there was a, uh, the power of God came on me, and I ran around the room, you know. I ran right around the room. I felt like a fool, but I did it anyway. Didn't feel anything, didn't sense anything. Went home that night, asked my wife, did I look like a fool when I I ran around the sanctuary. She still hasn't answered me to this day, you know. But I tell you what, the next day, praise God forevermore, the phone rang and my assistant took the call and, and, and this lady testified. She said, uh, uh, my, my belly head was blown up like a basketball. I couldn't eat, hadn't been able to eat for several days. When that guy, when that pastor ran past me, now I'm nothing, don't look at me, look at Jesus. He, she said when he ran past me, the power of God, she said, she, she didn't even know it was the power of God. She said some fire, some like, like heat is what she called. Heat jumped off him, came on me. She said, my belly deep deflated. It went like a, from a basketball. It went down to normal size. She said, I went out and ate that night. Went out and had a hamburger. Woo! Glory to God. Why? Because of the great exchange, you know. I said the great exchange. In the social realm, you're, you might be here today and you feel despised and rejected and so on and so forth. But I'm here today to tell you Jesus was despised and rejected of men. Why? So that you could make the exchange and he's made us accepted in the beloved. Praise God forevermore. And then you see the Bible also talks about in the financial realm. In the financial realm. You ought to look up 2 Corinthians 8 9 sometime. 2 Corinthians 8 9. It's setting right in the context of finances, you know. And, it, and the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Now, really rich in the Bible. It means an abundant supply. Though he was rich, 
yet for your sakes became poor, that through his poverty might become rich. Now, how many of you know Jesus was doing just fine when he was sitting at the right hand of God before he ever came born of a virgin? Is that right? And then when he was born, you know, of the virgin, you know, a lot of people think that Jesus was broke, poor, and all of that through his life. But you know what? He always had his needs met, didn't he? Now, I'll tell you something else. Jesus did not go around all the time emphasizing money. How many of you know we shouldn't emphasize money? I said we shouldn't emphasize money. We shouldn't talk more about jets than we do Jesus. Is that right? Come on, say amen, somebody. I believe in prosperity. God's prospered me on every side. I just don't talk about it all the time. When you're talking more about money than you're talking about Jesus, there's something wrong. But I do have to tell you the truth of the gospel. He was doing just fine. He lived his earthly ministry. He had all his needs met. We do see him coming in there, you know, into into Jerusalem, you know. He was riding on a donkey. Is that right? How many of you know he didn't come in there on a white stallion? He came in there on a donkey. Why? To show humility. Now, when he comes the next time on down the road at the second coming, he's coming on his white horse. Glory to God. I'm looking forward to seeing him riding his white horse, you know. Amen. And the Bible says we're going to come riding with him. So if you don't know how to ride a horse, you better get some riding lessons. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he came in there to Jerusalem. He was riding on a donkey showing humility. See, showing humility. And so he wasn't a broke man. How many of you know he had staff members? He had 12 men on his staff. Is that right? Is that right? How many of you know that if you have a treasure, you're not a broke man? He had a treasure, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? But when did Jesus become poor? He became poor when he went to the cross of Calvary. He became poor. Why did he become poor? So that through his poverty, you and I could be rich. That doesn't mean we're all going to be millionaires. But what it does mean is that we'll always be able to have an abundant supply and and sufficiency to give to to the work of God and all good things. It means that you're going to have enough for you and yours. And then God will run you over and give you enough to help somebody else. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you glad? And actually, you study into this. Jesus, who was rich, he became poor in every area. As you see, as cutting that covenant, he became poor in every area so that we might have an abundant supply in every area. Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm, ex- I, I'm so, I tell you what, I'm wound up tighter than a cheap alarm clock here today. Praise God. I'm, <laughs> amen. Praise God. Glory to God. And then there was a swearing of allegiance. Swearing of allegiance. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Is that right? And when we confess him as our Lord and Savior, we're not just coming to get our ticket punched so we can miss hell and make heaven. That's the first part of it, all right? But when we receive Jesus Christ, we commit not only to just receive him, but we commit to a life of service to him. Can you say amen? And then what about this scar? What about this scar? Will you agree with me from what we see with Thomas after he was raised from the dead? His palms and his side has, still has scars. Is that right? And I believe Jesus will bear those scars throughout all eternity.
eternity in his palms, in his side. I believe in his feet. I also think in the brow of his head, the crown of thorns. When you see Jesus, I'm thoroughly convinced you're going to see scars here. What? From the crown of thorns, you know, that he had on and his back. I believe that if you ever get to see Jesus and you ever get to see his back, I believe you're going to see scars on his back. That's what I believe because uh, 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 you see this covenant, there, there, was a, there was a scar. So he's scarred for all eternity that when we look at those his palms, his feet aside, we'll, re- we'll remember what he did for us on Calvary's cross. Say, well, what, what, what kind of scar do we have to have? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Romans 2.28, the Bible says, Romans 2.28, for he's not a Jew who's one outwardly, nor a circumcision, that which is outward of the flesh, but he is a Jew who's one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, but whose, whose praise is not from men, but of God. See, we get scarred, all right? Our heart gets scarred. When we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a circumcision. See, under the Abrahamic covenant, there was a circumcision. It was a, They didn't get circumcision, didn't save them. It was just a sign, a seal. The Bible's clear on that. Abraham got saved by faith. It was He, he believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Then he, as that seal, he got circumcised, you know, and that was that was that was the cutting of his flesh. But you see, with you and me, well, it's a better covenant we live under. We don't actually have to have our bodies cut, praise God, forevermore. But when we come to the Lord Jesus with a repentant heart, receive him, the Holy Ghost goes into operation, and there's a circumcision, a cutting of our heart. We get circumcised in heart. Can you say amen? amen. But I also want to throw something else in for you. In, in, in Galatians 6, 17, uh, the Apostle Paul said, For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. How many of you know that Paul was a covenant partner? He was in on the new covenant. He wrote most of the, uh, most probably of the New Testament. He wrote about the covenant. And how many of you realize that when you serve Jesus, uh, there's going to be suffering of persecution. Is that right? So I tell you what, if you serve the Lord and walk with Him, uh, I'm here today to tell you that, that you may well have to bear some of the marks like Paul. He was beat. They beat him up a lot. See, we live over here in America. There's not much persecution really over here in America. But, but, but try going to live in China sometime as a Christian or in Iraq or someplace like that. You, it could cost you not only getting beat up, but it could cost you your life. So, so you get into covenant with the Lord, you're going to suffer some things. Paul suffered some things and he did bear some scars in his body. Then you see the covenant terms. Well, you want to know what the covenant terms are? It's the entire New Testament. Glory to God. Matthew to Revelation. Glory to God. The entirety of the New Covenant. Praise God. Matthew to Revelation. Praise God. Romans 9, 16. Listen to this. For where there is a testament or a covenant or will, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator, the one who made the will. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives, the one who wrote the will. In verse 24 it says, For Christ does not enter the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And then verse 12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. The covenant terms, listen to me, this is powerful. The covenant ter- listen, listen carefully. We have the New Testament, the New Covenant. The covenant terms are, are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, praise God, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, all the way down, you know, uh, Hebrews, Jude, all into the Revelation, praise God, and Jesus, who is the one who, who, who he's the will maker, you know, uh, he, you see, in, in real life, see, uh, if I wrote a will, nobody's going to get to take advantage of it until I die, is that right? And then once I'm dead, I'm going to have to have somebody oversee that to be sure it's carried out. 
but we have a better deal. It's a better covenant. Jesus, who's the will maker, you know, he came, he died, praise God, and then on the third day he was raised from the dead, and now he oversees the will. He watches over his word to perform it, to be sure it's carried out just the way he, he said it ought to be. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That's exciting. I'm almost done. And then what is the symbol of the Abrahamic covenant? It was circumcision. In the new covenant, it's not circumcision, it's water baptism. And then, of course, there's a serving of a memorial meal. And can anybody tell me what the memorial meal is that we as Christians eat? It's the Last Supper, the communion, right? 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 Is that right? Is that right? Praise God. Remember, Jesus came, he served his disciples, didn't he? At the Last Supper, he served them. And if he served us, the least we can do, their representative group of you and me, least we can do is serve him with our lives. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, the last part of it, well, I'll read the whole thing. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Glory to God. I'm here today to tell you, you get into a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's eternal. It's forever. You're going to have to serve him the rest of your life. And not only that, but the rest of eternity. That's a good deal. I want to do that. How about you? And then there's the planting of a memorial. Well, I, remember what they would do? It was usually a tree planted, stained with the blood of the animal. How many of you know? How many of you know at Calvary's cross that stands as a as a symbol, doesn't it? That cross, that cross, that cross, that memorial, that cross that was on Calvary's hill, Golgotha, the place of the skull. Glory to God! That cross and was it stained with blood? Yes, stained with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God forevermore. And then finally, look at John fifteen fifteen. John 15, 15, Jesus said, no longer do I, now this is probably the best part of all of it right here. He said, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you what? <coughs> called you what? Friend. Called you what? Friends, that doesn't mean we're just, you know, we're just, we just kind of, you know, we're just kind of friends like we, that word, I've told you this, I'm going to tell you again, that doesn't mean that what, how we know the word friends, it means that now we, through what Jesus did, we are now a covenant partner with Almighty God the Father, with His Son Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit, and He doesn't look at us as servants, He looks at us as His friends, glory to God. And we ought to be able to say, God is my friend. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? Stand with me if you would. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Woo. Oh, wow. Ah. Woo. Oh, Lord, lift that from me now. As a result of some prayer we had a couple weeks ago. Wow. I've got to going before, but I've never gone the whole like that. Let's see, I got done with my message. 